come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi. And welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian, though it occurs to me that a whole bunch of people called me Connor in the last episode. So either is good. <laughs> I try. Sometimes I actually put a post-it note on my on my screen with an arrow pointing towards you that says Adrian. Sorry, I remember <laughs> to call you Adrian, but clearly I didn't do that last week. No, no, it's fine. Adrian's my pin name that I picked a long time ago. Connor's my name. It's fine. I like both. Okay. It's not a secret. And Polterguide Debbie, she got a ride share last night, so she's she's fine. She's probably just sleeping. It's fine. We'll check on her later. Yeah, we'll check on her later. So yeah, we watched the 2020 films free with uh, uh, Steve from Stranger Things, because <laughs> I can't remember his real name. I'm sorry. Joe Carey. <laughs> I watched that happen, though. I watched you Try to say it and then just Steve. Just give Steve. up. Yep. Steve Harrington. Yep. But he didn't have good hair in this. No. It was no. like we don't want to confuse people, so let's make sure his hair is bad. It's just bad he's hair. such an attractive dude, and this movie had to try so hard yeah. <laughs> to make him average at best. I think they succeeded at though. worst. I think they did. I think they did too. It wasn't until like the end whenever you had like the fangirls and like the very specific shots where you're like, oh no, there he is. There's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? And uh, if you'd seen it before. I had not seen it before. Um, I have a hard time explaining what I'm about to say without spoiling the spoilering, without spoiling the hell out of it. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of be vague at the moment uh, and just say, no, I did not enjoy it until the very, very end when all of a sudden everything paid off. Boom. And and then I was like, oh, oh, this is genius. But you had to sit through 90 minutes of what the fuck to get to the genius at the end. All right. Uh, I have watched this movie a couple of times now and I actually really like it, and I'm not sure that I'm not going to get weirdly emotional on this episode. So there's a warning. Okay. Uh, I hadn't seen it before either. Uh, I still am unpacking it, so I don't know how I feel about it, because I know what you're talking about, Donna, on the payoff, but also at the same time, parts of it really made my skin crawl and not in a good way. And it just, yeah. I think it's supposed to, though. Like, I think I your know, skin's I, supposed to crawl, not I, in a good way. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I, and so I guess in that case, and they succeeded, but, oh, yeah. I find it so funny that you're having this reaction to this movie and not fucking Midsommar or Hereditary. No, and yeah, <laughs> I think that tells you where my, <laughs> how kind of my aesthetic goes. But I, I think why I can pinpoint my reaction, it, it felt a little too with with everything that had just happened in Atlanta. It felt a little too. It was a. It was. We were a little bit. We're uh, we're a little bit too good on our movie selection. If that makes sense. It's in, a little, in, in my defense, 
this movie was picked weeks ago. No, it, I agree. <laughs> no, it was. And like I said, that's, yeah, no, we picked it weeks ago. We agreed on it weeks ago, but it just, our timing of it was just like, oh, this is, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. And yeah, so my bad, big apology there. <laughs> no, it is, it is all right. I wouldn't have watched it, but like I said, I'm still unpacking it. I'm still, uh, so I don't know how I feel about it. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should put a big, like, I don't know. I don't think we usually do content warnings because horror is all just a big content warning, but specifically for this, this week's show, maybe like, Hey guys, this is a little yeah. close to home on current events. Yeah. And just a little, just, you know, if you, if just, if you want to skip this episode, that's fine. We understand just because of the subject and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll start deep diving into it. Now, if you're not sure what this is about, our good buddies at IMDb want you to know that Thirsty for a Following Kurt Kunkel is a rideshare driver who has figured out a deadly plan to go viral. I got nothing else. Yeah. I mean, they're it's, not wrong. It's not sexy, but no, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and I would say we'll probably be in spoiler territory pretty fast. So just, you know, if, if you want to see this before we start talking about it, just pause and come back. Otherwise, let's go. So the first thing that I want to say is whenever I was looking for um, quotes, I found out that the very pretty guy um, with the glamorous people at the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's Frankie Grande, Ariana Grande's brother, half brother. Oh, there's a lot of interesting cameos in this film because mm-hmm. you have him, you've got uh, Misha Barton, which, you know, uh, she was the one that hopped up in the front seat mm-hmm. with him. Uh, Kyle Mooney, the, the creepy club promoter. He's, he's a regular on SNL. Jesse used to be on SNL. Um, David yeah. Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. And it actually is my first note is what the fuck David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> More like I was not expecting you here. Um, and then I, and is, is DJ Uno, is she, I, I feel, don't know. I'm going to look now. I feel with just how other things that they've done in this film, that she probably is legit, like a real, like social media influencer, if you will. She's Sunny Kim. Okay. Um, And she doesn't have any other, well, she doesn't have any pictures on IMDb. Okay. I don't know who she is. Okay. She was really great, though. Yeah, yeah, she was she good. Was. But yeah, it was. I, I was, I was so happy when I saw Kyle Mooney because I just adore him. He just makes me happy. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Oh, she's a composer. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, she's a jazz musician. I think. Oh okay, really? that's cool. Yeah, that is very cool. I think the thing that made this movie especially scary is how very real it is. We were talking just a moment about a moment ago about how Midsummer and Hereditary didn't freak Kenzie out. Well, Hereditary and Midsummer are not real. This movie, I mean, man, that could be happening right now. Yeah, I mean, right now. that's, I mean, that's, that's a, I, I hate this phrase, but like ripped from the headlines. Like, it's like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's where the, like I said, the, the uncomfortableness for me yeah. came it, from. It was, a, in a weird way, it reminds me of Cujo, which of all of Stephen King's earlier work was the one that you're like, oh, this could happen. This right here could actually happen. 
See, my 12 year old brain was pretty sure Pet Cemetery could happen. So whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was one thing that made this movie a little uh, extra scary. Was man, well, of course we're in Oklahoma, we don't take a lot of ride shares, but um, you know, you could just hop in a ride share and um, grab a bottle of water and be dead. Yep. It is legitimately one of the reasons that I don't do a lot of ride shares. I kind of basically have a rule where I don't do it if I'm alone. Like I've done it once and I spent the whole time just being really incredibly anxious. Not because I really think that people are going to like murder me all the time, but like, I don't like strangers. And as like hashtag, not all men, whatever. I particularly do not like strangers of the man persuasion. Um, it's just, you know, a high anxiety moment all the time. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so like basically if I'm with a friend and we've been out drinking, I'll take a ride share, but I'm not, I don't do it alone. Yeah. I've, like I said, I've, I've got a friend and that, that he is a ride share driver and he would literally be the only one. And I would, I would text him like, please, if you are, if I need one, it would be him because mm-hmm. he, cause I know him. So it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you, I know. And I will tip you very well if you will come and pick up my drunk ass. <laughs> And I also just don't like Halloween is basically the only time I take anything from strangers. Otherwise, I just don't I don't accept candy from strangers. <laughs> I listen to my mother. Uh, do we want to talk about what happens in this movie? Like do a quick like. Yeah, yeah. I think we 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 definitely should. Because yeah. IMDb is uh, they failed us. All right. So basically, Steve from Stranger Things is feeling starved for likes on his 10 years of social media presence and decides that the best way to go viral is just to start live streaming straight up murders. And so he starts murdering the people who take rights from him. Yeah. Um, I think it also needs to be mentioned. He planned this out very yeah. methodically because the water that the bottled water that he has in his, his car is poison. Well, and he's been hashtagging it for a while. Like early on in the movie, he mentions if you watched our tutorial from last week, you know how to get your water ready for your customers. Yeah. Yeah. Then he happens across Jesse Adams, played by Sashir Zameda, um, who is internet famous, has what they say, 20 million followers. Um, and um, she manages to survive. Uh, spoiler, she survives the entire movie, which not very many people do. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she just she just had a really big impact on him. He he was um, he wanted those twenty million followers and um, kind of altered his entire plan uh, based on that interaction with Jesse. Uh, so she was she was a very influential and important character. Um, yeah, and remained so throughout the. Movie. Was that a good enough summation, or do we need I think more? so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you about one of the moments that actually did really get me. Mm-hmm. was when we, we go into his mom's house and we find his mom dead. And then all of a sudden we flashed back to that morning when, oh, I forgot something. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like one of the things that I think is really interesting about this movie is that it sort of makes you feel like an accomplice throughout it. Mm-hmm. It does. And in that moment, particularly, you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> we've been doing this a while. Like way longer than than we realized. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. see, I I kind of called his mom early. I kind of called it because I said, "Did he just?" Because that's one of my notes was like, "Did he just kill his mom?" And I didn't. 
and then when we got back to the house, I was like, okay, there's, we'll, we'll find out like what that payoff is, is like, did he do something? And, but I didn't think too much about it. And even with his first uh, victim, and this is going to sound really bad, is a white supremacist. So I was with him on that, if that's really awful. And I think it's as it goes more that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, every person he murders is an asshole. Um, we'll start with the right, white supremacist guy who I really kind of like the slow build on that on. He's just kind of a, you know, a, an anxious business dude. And then all of a sudden, Hey, you're white. And you're like, Oh shit. But the thing that, that kind of bugs me is if Steve weren't murdering people, if Kurt weren't murdering people, he would be, um, be the good guy. His reaction whenever that happens, I thought was really late. Like you can just see his face like fall as he realizes what the guy is saying to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And but then he says something really interesting, which is if you get too racist, Bobby won't share my stream. Uh Yeah. And so then it's like you, you sort of realize that you don't get a lot of of Kurt's actual opinions on anything. And I wonder if we even got one then, or if he was just like, Nope, you can't say this because I'm trying to. Yeah. I I watch a lot of YouTubers and I, and and you see the different ways that they censor things so they can stay monetized. And, 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 and it feels a little like, is this something that you're actually upset about or are you, or or do you not want to Mm -hmm. lose your support? Support. Are you air, uh, air quotes on support? You're, you're All not, of the you're air quotes. Support. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, was was he actually upset that this guy was a white supremacist or was he upset that that was going to um, impact his following? Well, and even his wording to him with uh, like, hey, we're all, you know, we're all these different things. And it's still, that's kind of what Adrian was saying, that it's very YouTube Hashtag, speak. yeah, all lives matter. Yeah, yeah. It's very YouTube speak, if you will, of just to keep that uh, monetization, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're this, you know, so yeah. I don't think that we really see any part of the real Kurt, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many air quotes, <laughs> until... I think it's a well, final ride with Jesse, I would say, is kind of when we start seeing the real... I was going to say around the time that he kills Bobby. Mm. And then he takes a shower. And that, yeah, it takes a shower. Like, let's get some metaphorical. Him getting naked is him getting real. Yeah, that uh, that that follows that that because that really is kind of a um, a moment for him when he kills somebody that he knows and mm-hmm. likes. Likes, like you know, it's it's still really hard because like Bobby's a fucking dick too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he he's a teenager, but like we have at this point probably all seen or had some sort of exposure to that shitty teenage influencer who's gotten way too much attention for doing fuck all. Um, Yeah. Like, and and everybody that he, like you were saying, Donna, everybody that he kills is just kind of a dick until, oh, this falls down at one point. There is one person who's not a dick and that's his ride share at the end. Oh, the, the driver. His driver. Yeah. Yeah. But he was kind of past the point of no return. Yeah, he was. A, yeah. At that point. So I think um, I think we can, you know, I don't want to I'm not trying to say discount him. That's not the right word. <laughs> but uh, there were the, the rules were over by then. Yeah, but yeah. by then nothing was going to save anybody. Yeah. One of the, the, the thing that got me about this movie and why I wanted to watch it is because like 
as somebody who has been trying to sort of like be in a field where I need people, where I need all eyes on me, <laughs> um, it's really fucking hard. Like it's so hard, like trying to be a writer and make people read my books and, and, and like, re- <laughs> you know, the whole like rate, review, subscribe or whatever. Like that's, you know, when you're trying to get somebody to read your books, it's like, Hey, read my book and then review my book and then tell your friends and da 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 da. And it's, it's so hard. And the advice that you get all of the time is to just sell yourself, like make people care about who you are, get a Twitter following. Like I had one guy whenever I was trying to get my book published. And the first thing he said to me was how many Twitter followers do you have? Hmm. Call me when you get that number over 400. And I was like, well, fuck, I have 200. How the fuck am I supposed to double that? And so like, I didn't like, I really didn't know how I tried really hard. I was just like, I'm going to be active. I'm going to like post, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm posting like multiple times a day. I'm finding all these things to post about. Like I got to make people care about me and what I'm saying and da, 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 and working really hard at this. And like, and I got that number to like 397. And I like plateaued there for the longest time. And I was like, what the fuck? How am I supposed to do this? And um, and yeah, it's just really hard. And so watching this movie about this person who was just trying to like get people to fucking pay attention. I'm like, nah, man, <laughs> you're super wrong. <laughs> and this is not the way. But dude, I, I feel that like this shit is hard. <laughs> it is so hard. And like in order to... Again, I have to compare this to writing because I'm I'm clearly not an influencer, but, you know, it's just it gets it, for me, it got to a point where I was just like, how far, how, how far and how long do I keep trying to push this thing until I realize it's not going to work and I have to do something else. And uh, and I think that probably murder is a hard line. I, I think I'm not going to do that. <laughs> OK, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I don't like strangers enough to be a rideshare driver. So I ended up with, I had a, I had a, a goal for Twitter um, a few years ago when I cared a lot more about Twitter for how many, fo- I wanted, I wanted, um, I feel like this is going to sound like I'm bragging after what Connor just, uh, what Adrian just said, but no, like, that's the thing is like, I got 400 followers. I think I kind of hover on like 417 now, mm-hmm. but um, it my interactions come from the same three people all of the time. Yeah, that's that's where I, I wanted. I wanted a thousand followers. I wanted um, to have more people following me than I follow. The, yeah. And uh, I achieved that goal. And then I stopped caring. So um. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I got to 400 and and then I just I couldn't get any more than that. And I kept getting so <laughs> irrationally angry when i would see other people with more followers than me complain about not having very many followers like like legitimately in my chest it hurts angry and i was like i have to stop like i can't i cannot keep caring about this the way that people need me to care about it or want me to care about it because it doesn't matter like i have i got i got i doubled my following and the same four, two, like three or four people interact with me as did before. Um, it's, and I don't know, maybe some of my followings in the wrong area. 
I, I, it's, it's possible, but like, you know, and, and I keep watching all of these circles of people interact like, oh, there's, there's all these horror writers over here interacting with these other horror writers. And like, and I don't, I feel like I'm at high school. Like, I don't know how to get there. I like, they're sitting here, but I'm sitting over here and I don't know how to move from this table to that table. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it just, oh God, like fucking social media. I don't I like I, I I didn't delete my Facebook, but I haven't posted on it in probably close to a year now. I haven't checked it in close to a year. And there's some things I feel really bad about. Like I miss there are people that I really only talk to on Facebook and I miss them and I want to find a way to talk to them in other places. Uh Sierra, that's you. You're one of them if you if you're listening to this. Um, but uh yeah, like I'm I I legitimately enjoy things a lot more since I deleted or since I got off of Facebook. Um and I've kind of really I'm just not on Twitter very much anymore either. Uh cuz I don't know, like it just it seems like I'm I'm working really really hard for something that doesn't matter and isn't going to happen. Yeah. So this movie made me feel a lot of things <laughs> in regards to that. Like I just um I don't always I, I don't enjoy sympathizing with the the villain as much as I did. And I felt like that was an interesting thing that should be talked about. Well, yeah, I mean the 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 villain is disturbingly sympathetic. I mean, he he is um you know, he's he's just he's just a guy and he just wants attention, you know, he just wants to matter. And mm-hmm. that is very sympathetic. I mean, I think everyone gets that feeling of I just want to matter. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we've definitely sort of pushed this culture of like, of that's how you matter mm-hmm. right now. Um, also, one of the other things that like, I think really got to me about him was just like how awkward he is. Cause like, I feel that <laughs> on the regular when he's trying to film and he keeps like stuttering through his takes. I'm like, oh yeah, man, how many takes have I done on various things? Because I just can't like, get through the word and sound cool. And he's doing all of these things that you see all these other people do to look cool and to be cool. And, and like that feeling of it's fucking working for them. What am I doing wrong? I wonder if this is not a fully formed thought. Um, I feel like there's almost an autism thing going on here where everyone else around him seems to have clued in to how you're supposed to be. And he can't figure out how you're supposed to be. As an autistic person, I feel that hard. <laughs> like he, you, I, I feel like you see that a lot with like, like whenever he's talking to Bobby in particular, I feel like he's having conversations with Bobby that I have wanted to have with people where I'm like, how, why is this working for you? What did you do? Like, I'm older than you. I've been doing this longer. I fucking showed you how to do this. Why are you doing like, like what did you do that I don't know how to do? Um, I think that you, um, you also see it a little bit with some of these other people, like, um, the guy, the, uh, the MRA dude, the, the white supremacist, um, whenever he's just, he's got this confidence to just be a fucking dick mm-hmm. <laughs> to just treat Jesse like a not person and to just, um, okay. Which one was the MRA? Because the, the white supremacist wasn't right. in the car different with Jesse. Per, different, they're <laughs> apparent, they just became the same person in my brain. There was, um, there was the fuckboy Mario. The yeah. fuckboy Mario. I meant the fuckboy Mario. Okay. Who was, I, I, I kind of made, he's an MRA, isn't he? Like he was talking about how hard men have it at some point. 
No, I think that was the white supremacist. That was the white supremacist. I think mm-hmm. so. I bet they would have been friends. Whatever. They, they probably are friends. <laughs> well, except um, Mario, little, um, little on the little on the pigmented side. I think for white supremacists. White supremacists uh, would allow. I think it he's one. Italian. Deluca. Yeah, Deluca's Italian. Um, which you know we helped the Nazis. So what are you gonna do? Um, fucking Italians. I say. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> as a sicilian here <laughs> um but uh yeah so the fuck boy like he just has the confidence to be so shitty and like and i i and even though and and i feel like if jesse had not been in that car kurt would have been like what how how are you doing this like like i feel like the conversation would have been shifted entirely it, for, for two things, two things. One, if the guy hadn't been such a, a dick earlier on because he kept being like, hurry up, man, where are you going? I got a girl waiting for me. So if he hadn't been a dick earlier on and then if he had if Jesse hadn't mentioned her follower count mm-hmm. or who she was or whatever, um, I think that that things might have been different there. Um, and, and I and I realize that you, there's always like this this problem whenever you talk about like a villain as being like autistic or gay or, or any fringe group of people um and that it didn't feels like you're villainizing them because there's not enough representation for there to be good representation um but uh but yeah i i could get behind that interpretation <laughs> yeah okay so i have a question and this isn't our official poll question but i'm going to ask it anyway would you have gotten in that car with all those cameras probably not am i alone <laughs> i mean yeah um I mean, okay, so no, because I wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place because I don't take ride shares alone. Um, so the only times that I really do things like that are when, are honestly when I've been with Jay. Um, and like the time that I took the most ride shares in my life is when Jay and I went to the Iowa Riding Conference and we were like kind of hanging out in the town and going back and forth to the hotel because we didn't rent a car. So in the only situation in which I like have done rideshares regularly, um, I think I probably would have because I would have been with Jay and Jay mm-hmm. is very strong. <laughs> and uh, and I, uh, I I have a lot of trust in their ability to save my life. <laughs> um, they, they have done it multiple times. They saved me from a car that tried to run me over not too long ago. Uh, not try to like, I'm sure that wasn't the car's goal. We were walking. <laughs> we were walking. And um, this huge, because we live in Oklahoma, this huge truck comes turning and we both looked at it and it like, it's not nighttime. It's broad daylight. I'm wearing like bright red. I'm clearly visible to the world. Um, And so we both watched this truck and thought it's not going to like, it's going to do the thing that it's supposed to do because there's plenty of road for it to do its thing. Right. Um, But it didn't. And uh, it just came right at me. And my brain very helpfully just shut down and kept saying, this isn't going to happen the way that it looks like it's going to happen. And, uh, and Jay just like, whoo, grabbed me and like threw me out of the way of this oncoming vehicle. Um, just in time. It was very, very cinematic. I'm sure. Possibly not. Possibly this all happened much slower in real life than I think it did. But I understand um, why I don't hear these stories. <laughs> why, why don't I hear these stories? And then, like a week later, I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> what? 
we're 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 best friends. Why? <laughs> I think because I it happens and the adrenaline got really high. And I got home and I was like, oh my God. And then immediately my brain was like, let's file that away for things we never think about again because it was terrifying. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So like, I just have a lot of faith in Jay's ability to save my life. Um, I've seen, I've seen her be heroic multiple times. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I think I probably would because there's also a certain amount of safety and maybe this is faulty. There's also a certain amount of safety that comes in comes with that many cameras because then I'm like, if you kill me, I will be avenged. (laughs) There's no way this many video feeds doesn't get out into the world. So even if I die and you like share this on some like dark web snuff film ring, there's too many cameras here for this to not be found. I'm now considering that there probably is a dark web snuff film. I mean, yeah, maybe. But there's not a lot of, like, confirmed snuff films out there. Don't ask me why I know this. Um, I go down Wikipedia holes a lot. And I think that it's one of those things where if you make something like this, you are going to get caught. There's just, it's not even about people wanting to keep the secret at that point. Because people are fucking idiots who make their passwords 1234 and password. So you just can't give something that sensitive to somebody for any amount of money and not get caught eventually. Eventually. I'm not saying you're not going to kill a lot of people before you get there. Well, let me ask a different question then. Actually, Kenzie didn't answer that one. Uh, so I watch a lot of SVU and that's not the best <laughs> basis. So I'm going to, they've led me to believe that yes, there is a uh, dark web snuff film ring and <laughs> um no i don't know i i mean adrian makes a lot of good points that you are going to get found out and it's human nature to want to talk to people and share things that you've done like and this is the worst possible example of look at my work and i kind of all eyes on me all eyes (laughs) on me i kind of feel like these people kind of took to heart the show your work um motto to heart so to speak and mm-hmm. I think we would hear about it if there was. So I don't, I'm not saying there's not uh, shenanigans on the dark web, but I, I can't see, I don't know. Maybe that's just my night, my, my naiveness talking, but I can't see it being. I'm about to go really, really dark here. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's like, do it. Here's just a huge like trigger warning for like real life sex work and forced prostitution and really, really dodgy things. If you don't want to hear it, just skip ahead a little bit. I'm very sorry. There is a lot of dodgy stuff that happens, and I don't even think you have to go all the way to the dark web to find it. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos whenever I, while I play Final Fantasy 14, particularly when I'm like grinding things, like, you know, farming the same raid over and over again. But at one point, YouTube suggested this video to me, and it was like the most disturbing video on YouTube or the creepiest video on YouTube or something like that, right? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that. Um, and I was pretty sure that it was showing me this because I've been watching a lot of like urban legendy videos and stuff. And so it starts showing me this video and it's this guy talking and I, I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. My brain was just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> let's let's nope out of this. <laughs> but uh, it was about this YouTube channel that had these, mm, I want to say three girls on it. And they were they would go on there and they would talk about 
things that they clearly did not give a fuck about. Like they would read these essays on like medical procedures and stuff. And they always looked um, intoxicated. They always looked beaten up. Like there were visible bruises and marks on them. And it was just, it was very, very strange. I went into this thinking that it was going to show me something about like, you know, scary stories or creepy things. And, and, and this is what I got. But the whole video was basically this investigation of like what the fuck this channel is and what its purpose is. Because like none of these girls seemed to want to be there. They were always looking off camera at something. They often were slurring. Like, it's just, it's really bad. And the whole time this guy is like, what could the purpose of this be? And I was like, oh shit, this is sex work. Like somebody is making these girls film these videos to like sell them. And, um, and it was really horrifying. And I was like, I don't know. I I wish that I could like take back these last five minutes. So now I've shared it with you. I've shown my work. Um, (laughs) And, and so I, I know that. There are corners of the internet that you can just fall into on accidents and find some really fucking horrifying things. Um, having said that, I think underground snuff film rings are still very rare at best because that's just too much of a secret to keep. I don't think it's the kind of thing that... It's a very big secret for somebody to keep. Like, Yeah. It, it's... Um, it's like it's like hostile like like when you think about movies like hostile these people are doing these horrible terrible things and the only reason they get caught they don't get caught is because they're very much operating in the worlds created by these movies in places that are a little bit lawless and for the most part i believe taking people who and i I'm trying to think of a better way to say this, and I can't, and I want everybody to know that when these words come out of my mouth, it is not exactly my beliefs on it, but uh, um, taking people who don't matter to society. I understand what you mean. Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. You don't mean they don't matter, but to society at large. Yeah. They don't matter. Um, And that's, and I, I think that you know, this is one of the reasons, man, this is a podcast about spree. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you know, you that's one of the reasons that being, you know, being homeless is so scary is that you've just, you've separated yourself from the society. You've not separated yourself. You've been separated from the society that would care or notice if you were gone. Yeah. I, I think that probably underground snuff film rings are not something that most people need to worry about. Like general white America, you're fine. Um, well, a different question then. What do you think Kurt thought was going to happen at the end of the day? I think he thought he was going to walk away and he was going to reap the benefits of what he had sowed. Because you saw at the end of the film, you see all these people talking about it and, you know, the the different forums and things like that, you know, the subreddits, all of that. I think he thought he was going to reap all that benefits, not to not actually be you're more famous now that you're mm-hmm. dead kind of thing. That's I, what I think. I'm not sure. I don't think that he cared if he got to re I, I think reaping the benefits is what he was doing whenever he had um, all those viewers, whenever he took over Jesse's stream, Whenever he took over Uno's stream, like you, at, you saw 
that, you know, they had the follower count up in the, up in the corner and you could see him just going up and up and up as he started taking over different people's streams. And I think that he was, I, I think that he's a character who has grown up in a world where we did, where, where he has seen like the Columbine shooters get fan fiction written about them, where he's seen the Boston massacre dude have fangirls talk about how he couldn't really be the one who did it because he was too pretty. Like he has, he's grown up in this world where a lot of vile men have been very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Idolized. Uh, idolized. Yeah. Where they've been idolized and put on a pedestal and we have like literal fan fiction tattoos of them. That uh, Elliot Rogers, the one who put out his MRA manifesto and killed a bunch of people in California. Mm -hmm. There are entire internet communities that idolize him. They call him Sir Elliot. And Jesus um, fucking Christ. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) It's horrifying. Which actually, okay, that's the payoff to the movie is when you see this guy who was just so average and kind of pathetic suddenly become this hero on reddit and 4chan Mm -hmm. um and idolized and um you know like like you were saying people talking about how good looking he is and um it's just that that was the payoff to me was when you saw this guy who had done some i mean he traps the people to get eaten by dogs he got people eaten by dogs you guys Mm-hmm. And, and he's being idolized and worshipped um, in these um, little internet communities, and it was um, that that to me was the oh shit, this is brilliant moment to see that. Yeah, that was yeah because it is that that was so upsettingly exactly how the movie needed to end. Like that is again, you see that all the time where these these people do this stuff, and then there's. Because he's white and moderately attractive, he gets turned into a hero. Yeah. I think that then also speaks to the brilliant casting of... Joe Keery. Of Joe Keery, thank you. I think it would have been a harder sell if it had been somebody else. But because he is, he is normally attractive and he is very, very likable, very, very charming. I think he brings a like kind of a warmth to this role a certain amount of safety and i don't know if that safety is specifically him or if it's from having seen him as steve yeah yeah that whenever all of this stuff happens it's still it's you're still like yeah it makes sense at the end because a lot of times i see like i don't remember there was one of these this is fucking terrible i don't remember one of the shooters that we've had (sighs) and there were these pictures of him and I just kept thinking, dude, no wonder you're mad that girls won't fuck you. Have you looked in the mirror? Like, spend five fucking minutes on your appearance, my dude. But with what they do with um, Kurt, Kurt, Curtis? Kurt, Kurt. Kurt. Um, it feels. From Kurt's World. Kurt's World. Kurt's World. It feels like I can, I can see why people would follow him like that. Yeah. I do want to comment on how just good an actor. Joe Curry is mm-hmm. because I feel like if I had not known that was Steve from Stranger Things, I would have spent half the movie going, I know that guy. That guy. 
which is what I did with David Arquette. I, I spent about half the movie going, <laughs> I know him. And then, so yeah, um, he's a good enough actor that I think I probably would not have recognized Joe Carey immediately. Uh, if I hadn't known it was Joe Carey. He's so good in this. I like he transforms himself entirely and it's fantastic. There's like, I really love it whenever I'm watching something and you can't see a trace of the other roles. There's no Steve here. Steve's There's not no home. Steve. Yeah. No. That does get into some of the technical points of this movie that I that I think are worth calling out. I really love the way that they fill all of the chats with very realistic looking chat stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of had it in my head that I was going to find see if I could find logs or something, but I couldn't. The theme I saw over and over and over again was it's fake, it's fake, it's mm-hmm. fake, it's yeah. fake. And uh, I kind of I kind of liked that. The the jaded cynical people who just saw an actual murder and were like, "Oh, it's- <laughs> oh well, I mean, do you guys know about Lovely Peaches? Uh-huh. Lovely Peaches is this um I think she's been on YouTube and TikTok at various times. Um, but she, I mean, she's she's a troll. And she posts f- just vile content. Absolutely vile. Uh, she talks about having done the worst things that you can imagine. And there, ha- she's had the police called on her multiple times as a result of the things that she has streamed or apparently streamed. I know that there's this whole uh, God content warning, animal cruelty, <laughs> um, like real life animal cruelty. There's this whole she has this video where she apparently where she says that she is spraying this perfume in the face of her dog. And then she proceeds to spray something in the face of her dog. <laughs> and it, like even now, I don't think anybody really knows if she actually did that or not. And that is really one of the more tame things that she has done. Um, She's been banned off of several platforms, I think. But in almost every case, the things that she has said have turned out to be complete lies. Okay. Um, None of it was real. She's talked about doing horrific things to her actual literal child that does not even live with her. Mm -hmm. But she never like she gave every impression that the child did live with her. And um, and so lots of people have like called the police on her and there have been many investigations only to find that she literally could not have been doing the things that she said she was doing. So the the whole like this is fake thing, it, it makes total sense. Like there's there there are people who will just do and say all of these things to get attention, to get views. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I don't have a good ending to that thought. Sorry. <laughs> so um, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Jesse Adams, I really liked her, and I liked a lot of the things that, like, like when she was like, "No, nah, man, I'm not getting in that car," and then let herself be talked into it. Yeah, and that is. I man. wish that whatever you just did could be translated into sound. <laughs> big, big wide eyes, big open hands, going, "I don't know, man." That's that's what. Um, well, it's easy, right? Like, it's a rideshare, so it should be safe. You don't like either of the people, but there are two of them. So, like, what are the odds that something bad is going to happen other than just being uncomfortable? And women are so very groomed to be polite and respect social expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you be polite, you placate, you go along, you smile. Uh, and you saw a lot of that from Jesse. Mm-hmm. But then when, when Mario started in on her, 
and she she just oh i just loved her i just loved her just shutting mario down that was that was fantastic when the real jesse showed up and just <laughs> yeah whenever she started live streaming and, and just talking shit about him i was like that yes I wish that that's a thing I could do all of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then of course we went and followed Jesse around for a bit, which seemed, it seemed a little weird in the moment, but it, it did eventually come together. So we followed Jesse around for a little bit. We found her creepy, not manager. I think club promoter would be. I think he's, he's uh, called a club promoter in articles and stuff about the movie. Okay. But then, I mean, he went there to kill her. He went to her show to not kill the club her. promoter. Kurt, Kurt did. Kurt, yeah, I'm sorry. Kurt went to the show with intentions of killing her. Mm-hmm. He started saying very nice and sympathetic things about him, and he left. He left, which I think uh, was a, was was an important thing to see. Yeah, he felt like he'd been seen. He had finally been seen. Yeah, I kind of wonder how this movie would have gone if she hadn't gotten another fucking ride share (laughs) yeah um i do want to be clear real quick that i think the walk up not out is bullshit and it's nobody's responsibility to like make somebody else feel seen or heard um i mean be nice to people but yeah i he did he did go there to kill her and then i wonder though did he leave because he felt seen or did he leave because she made him feel something i mean either way yeah yeah Um, but yeah no walk up not out uh listen it is entirely reasonable to ask kids not to bully other kids don't don't do that don't bully other kids but do not put the responsibility for stopping a school shooting on the shoulders of a 13 year old except the one that did it that responsibility does go on the one that did it (laughs) I mean, I mean, asking like, and it's almost always a girl. It's almost always a girl that's supposed to reach out to these, to these poor, misunderstood boys. Well, yeah, obviously, Donna, because that's, that's the role of women to be the caretakers. If my voice keeps changing, I'm not going to be able to make these jokes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I agree. Walk up, not out. Bullshit. Just don't be, just don't be a bully. Okay, that that's it. Just don't be a bully. But also, it's not your responsibility to befriend somebody who makes you feel creepy. Absolutely not. That yeah. I cannot. That the that has gotten me into more trouble than anything else. It's just like, oh, I feel bad for them. They're kind of creepy. Let me be their friend. And now everything I have done is being misinterpreted. Uh, boy, creepy people will suck you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did one more technical thing. I love the way that they use the donations to help tell the story to um, because the chat was really hard to follow, even coming from like old AOL chat rooms in IRC where you had to be on top of that stuff. It it was going fast uh, because this is like, you know, we start with his stream, which is like just one person in it. And then we're going up to streams that have thousands to millions of people watching. So that that chat scroll was intense. (laughs) Um, I really liked the way that they used the donations to say the things you really needed to know out loud. I just think a lot of the technical decisions they made on this movie to tell this story in the sort of found footage way that they did was very good. I agree. Um, yeah. I think that this is probably one of the most technically interesting and well done found footage movies I've watched. Uh, also, yeah. 
It didn't make me feel sick. Mm-hmm. So that's a bonus. Yeah. Let me let me rephrase that. It didn't make me feel sick because the camera was shaking. <laughs> yeah, I am I am the same with you. I am able to watch like like I was able to watch Blair Witch Project, but it was not comfortable. I I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I saw Blair Witch in the theater three times because that's how many times it took me to get through the important parts of that movie. I would like the first time I think I watched like I was I, I just had to keep closing my eyes and waiting for the feeling of nausea to pass before I could watch it again. I just kept moving like each time I'd move further back in the theater until I think finally in the, the third time I was in the very back corner as far away from the screen as I could get just, and I was like, I just need to see what fucking happens at the ends. Yeah. Yeah. He's standing in the corner. That was the, th- I kept expecting Blair Witch to have like a sound to cue me in. Like this is when you need to start looking and uh-huh. it doesn't. <laughs> and so I just had to keep guessing and opening my eyes and watching for a little bit and closing my eyes. That was not worth three times in the theater. My God. <laughs> I was I, I saw it with my with my then husband, uh, who was not a fan of horror movies, and he um, he he had this grip on my arm uh, that just well, he would just <laughs> squeeze down on my arm, and and yeah, the, we got to the end, and he's like he's squeezing my both hands now, both hands. He's in the corner. He's standing in the corner. <laughs> And then when we went home, he was holding my hand so hard, so tight. I'm like, you're, honey, you're hurting me. (laughs) You're hurting me. That happened to me with a stranger at Final Destination. Oh, wow. She kept like, Final Destination was the first movie I ever went to by myself. Uh And this girl next to me kept almost jumping in my lap. But her, she was with a boy (laughs) on the other side of her. And I was like, if you're jumping into my lap, you need a new boy. That one's not the right one. The boy didn't make her feel safe. You made her feel safe. <laughs> I uh, The last time I actually went to a haunted house, the people behind me were freaking, freaking out. <laughs> Was that with us, Donna? Was that in our group? I, I don't remember if you were there or not, but this, this girl just kept running into me. And I finally, ju- I finally just turned around and grabbed her hand. <laughs> this complete stranger, I just turned around and grabbed her hand. It's like, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> because I needed her to stop running into me. <laughs> You're a good hero. So we got through about half the haunted house with me holding a stranger's hand. <laughs> I've, left a lo- I've, I've left a lot of haunted houses. If it's just like Billy and I in a group, I'm, I'm holding whosoever's hands behind me. I don't care. I got Billy's hand in one. Billy, stranger, Michael Myers. It's fine. <sighs> so, yeah, no, I just I think that this is a really, really well put together movie. And, um, you know, I read some articles. I didn't read the articles. I read some headlines and some little blurbs, which, hey, I'm part of the problem, whatever. Um, That kind of talked about this movie not having anything to say and just being a a shallow take on social media culture. And I disagree with that pretty strongly. Same. I think that you can see it that way if you want to not think about it. But um, again, like as a creator, I just felt very sympathetic to his plight though not his fix 
Yeah, 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 exactly. If not for the murdering people, he was a very sympathetic character. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, the movie really does a lot to show you kind of the situation that he is in. We get hints of it throughout the movie, um, you know, where his dad is like trying to connect and we see some like maybe fun times with his father. But then we have like his father's like, let's have a good time. Not one of your stupid unboxing videos or reviews or whatever, where his father's like really just trashing the things that are important to Kurt, whether they're important in the big grand scheme of things or not, they're important to Kurt. And then, you know, we get a hint of his father's drug use. And then we actually literally see his dad has gone back to the house, missed the dead body all to get high off of the drugs that Kurt mentioned he found. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I couldn't figure out why Dad was back at the house. but He had the the uh, tourniquet around his arm whenever he came out. Of oh, I thought that. he was also holding a needle, too. I thought he, he was. was. Okay. I think he was. I, like, I, I remember the tourniquet clearly, so that was the one I felt confident saying. See, I didn't remember the tourniquet, but I remember like, hey. Yeah, he was holding a needle. Poor guy didn't get to shoot up before he died. Oh, I, I think, think he, he did. did. <laughs> he was okay. not responding to stimuli in a way that a sober person ought to. Okay, fair, fair. He fair. slowly came out of that bathroom, Donna, after they crashed the car in the house. So it wasn't a good point. Holy crap! Somebody crashed a car in my house. Okay. I like. I even wonder if he like the car crashed and then he was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> getting high before I deal with whatever that is." Because it did take him a minute to come out. Yeah, that's true. Fair. I retract my comment. Um, but yeah, so like they they definitely show us um, how how Kurt got to this point and why he did. And I know I've said that I think walk up, walk out is is bad. And I stand by that forever and ever. But I also feel like it can be important to tell stories that empathize isn't necessarily the word I'm looking for. but explore the reasons why people do fucking shitty things you know rage by stephen king was one of my favorite stories for a long time it's a good story it's a really good story and you know i think that man this is weird weird podcast today i think that one of the reasons that i've always sort of like liked the stories like this like rage like spree is because there is a I, like i do a lot of empathizing with the person right up to the the murder part, you know, because Charlie in rage feels on the outside of so much. There's so much going wrong and he just can't fix any of it. And, you know, Kurt has all of these. He's supposed to be doing these things. These things are supposed to be working. He's following all the rules and all the guides and doing all of the things that he's supposed to and none of it's working. And I think that this is something that's worth looking at. You know, it's really easy for people to say, walk up. And be friends with these people. But it's like, that's not just for the other fucking 13-year-olds in the school. That's not just for this person's co-workers to whom they're being creepy at. That's for everybody. Like, why the fuck didn't you do something? Like, it's, it's, the reason it doesn't work is because the responsibility of this gets put on the wrong people. And so much of all of this could have been stopped with more authority figures stepping in. And doing something mm -hmm. you know i think in the rage it not the rage in rage we we can see hints of charlie not being okay with many of the adults in his life and none of them did anything 
Um, you know, we see Kurt struggling at all of this stuff and nobody's doing anything. And like, I'm rambling a lot and I'm trying to get to what I'm trying to say. I'm so sorry. I just, I feel like these stories are important and it always bummed me out that Stephen King took rage out of Prince because if you don't understand these characters like this, then there's not really ever anything we can do realistically. They, they stay these strange monsters that can't be dealt with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like part of me is afraid. I just said a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to regret later. But I don't know. Here we are. This is a podcast, guys. Take me out of context. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest fear, honestly, is I'm going to say something on the podcast. And then, like, that's how I finally get (laughs) the attention that I want (laughs) is by getting canceled. (laughs) Yep. 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 Uh, It's scary. All right. Uh, Adrian, you have our rule. Be nice to the service industry. They've had a shitty day. Always. Always assume they have. And that goes for gig workers, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the person who lived was the one person in the entire movie who was nice to him. Free point of no return. I mean, she was nice to him. Yeah. Be nice to your rideshare driver. Be nice to your waitress. Be nice to the poor kid behind the gas register at the grocery store. It does not hurt you to be nice to them. It doesn't. No. And somebody's making that cashier stand up for eight hours, and that's bullshit. So um, their feet hurt, and their back hurts, and they're tired. All right. And I have our quote, which is, all eyes on me, I want to be seen. Which is kind of the theme of the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everybody wants to. And then our poll is, do you think this film is pro-incel? I do not think that Kurt was concerned about having sex or if he was that was far far down on his list i mean let's let's be serious kurt is an incel in the sense that he is almost certainly involuntarily celibate but incels bitch constantly about women and kurt did not do that kurt in fact was pretty annoyed at the fuck boy yeah was yeah for sure which might have been trying to avoid cancel culture but nonetheless whether he was doing it for good reason or not he was definitely annoyed at the book so to me i think this movie is an indictment of you know that quest for likes and views and influence uh but i did not feel like incel factored into it much at all all right so no i don't think it's pro incel change moment I can see how people would watch this movie and take that away from it. Um, However, I believe that the ending of the movie where it's showing us all of this stuff about um, Kurt is meant to be an indictment of um, the way that we, that corners of our society will elevate these people. Um, I don't think it's meant to be actually talking about how great he is because we're not actually shown him being that great throughout the movie. Also to back up Donna's point about Kurt not being an incel. I don't even know that he is involuntarily celibate. He literally has an unconscious woman in his car at one point and he doesn't do anything to her. True. He does not even leer at her. When they go into the strip club, he's like, 
he's he's uncomfortable with it. He does not want to be in a strip club. Mm-hmm. We don't aside <laughs> sentences that I have to say because I do a horror podcast. Uh, aside from the murder, we don't actually see him ever treat women with anything but respect. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's a true statement. Yeah. Um, even his mom, he talks about very respectfully. And we don't see how he killed her, but she looks peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. It, she was laying, I mean, she looked, I mean, she was laying down, which of course, duh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I realized as that came out of my mouth, I was like. <laughs> I, I do prefer that to the when dead people stand up. I mean, yeah. that's just unnerving. Actively dislike when dead people stand up. <laughs> <laughs> thanks i hate it yeah. <laughs> um so when i was watching this and i did i came up with the, the poll question pretty early on in the film just so we're clear so i thought at first it was but then as it went on i was like okay no it's not but i was like it's still interesting to talk about I definitely think that you could t- you could get that reading from it. Yeah. Like I said, it was pretty early on, you know, before the stuff with the fuck boy and all that. I was like, oh. Well, and it's hard to tell. Like, he does seem genuinely annoyed with the fuck boy in a way that he was not annoyed with the white supremacist. It's true. Yeah. Um, but it, like, and I'm, I'm thinking back to it. Is that because the fuck boy was being a fuck boy or because the fuck boy was being a dick? And I, I'm not sure because he was being mean to Kurt. He was being very dismissive, not treating Kurt like a person, like, you know, just ber- ber- uh, berating him the whole drive. Like, where are you going? You should go this way. You're doing everything wrong. How the fuck dare you do this thing that I clearly told you to do whenever he did the social spree? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, it, it's hard to say, but I, I feel like if Kurt weren't an incel or if this movie were pro-incel, he probably would have talked about girls more, but the only girl he talks about is Jesse, and he doesn't talk about her in a sexual way. He doesn't talk about her appearance. He doesn't talk about her clothes. He doesn't ever even call her a slut or a like. He doesn't call her any names that I can remember. No, he like he's just like, how did she get this following? She's not like I could do this content. She's and, and he and he um, critiques her inconsistent uh phone camera holding which valid (laughs) like decide how you're gonna film and fucking film that way oh my god um so yeah like he is for a murderer surprisingly respectful towards women yeah yeah also historically i think incels have kind of primarily targeted women haven't they yeah and he didn't he was just like whoever got in the car I think his ratio is pretty even. Yeah. Just whoever got in the car. Yeah. I think he has one more woman than men because of the three fur. Yeah, there was there was Francis and Mario and then there was Andrea and then there was the three fur. Which had a guy and two women. Yeah. I've lost count already. Um, all right. Anything else? No. I uh, feel a little reluctant to start promoting our social media presence <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a weird episode. It's going to be like Ginger Snaps or It. Yeah, Uh you're going to be either on board with this episode or you're not. Yeah. I feel like someday we should put together just a suite of disaster episodes. (laughs) So you can find me at Dragon Goblin. There's no I between 
the B and the N. So Dragon Goblin. <laughs> Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Junkyard Poet. I, I don't post on there a lot right now, but I get notifications. So if you at me, I'll see it. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as uh, Calista77, so you can find me there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely talk at you about whatever nonsense. Usually that's my stuff is nonsense. But thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. Uh, Cabin's page is Beyond Cabin. We also have an Instagram page and a Facebook. And yeah, it's Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. As always, thank you, Billy, for editing us and making us sound awesome. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. I do want to give a quick shout out to Billy real quick. He is so great. He messaged me to ask me if it was okay that people called me Connor and if he if I wanted him to edit that out. So just like huge respect to Billy. You're fantastic. He's good stuff. You can leave the accolades in. <laughs> All right. Bye everybody. Don't read the Latin. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.